Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let's kick off the pro football season. Gordon bumps again to the sideline. Batted off. Oh, God! Stokely down the sideline! Can they catch him? Stokely! Wow! This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. For a fully automated smart home or a state-of-the-art home theater, start with a visit to EncoreAudioVideo.com. Lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. Or did he came in the catch at the 15? What are they going to rule that he caught it? Danny and Dusty on 1080. Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs, with a touchdown! The fan. Good afternoon, Happy NFL kickoff week, huh? We go from college to the NFL. I'm excited. Back in studio and together <laughs> again. How are you, Mr. Morang? How was your weekend? Uh, it was, uh, I want to say it was really good because college football is back, but I spent most of it like hiding in the bedroom because I felt like crap. Uh oh. Yeah, like, I don't know what it was. I was oh, telling yeah. you earlier, like, I, like, I go, like I've got like swollen lymph nodes. I don't know what's going on, man. You should go to a doctor. Oh, yeah. weird. Weird. He's, hey, Rust, we need the breaking news sounder. Uh, Danny has got Something. a medical ailment going on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We got another one. But other than that, no, I, I chilled right. and watched college football. I did not uh, adventure out a whole lot, but uh, I, I I dug in, man. Like, my foxhole was deep. Uh, well, that's a bummer that you weren't feeling well. It's, it's okay, though, because uh, I was I was brought up by the, the joys that are college football. Oh, and you had your fantastic so trip to... Atlanta yeah. that you can uh, extol us about? Well, last I talked to you, I was in downtown Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we had uh, just got done with the College Football Hall of Fame. Dirt and I had. Yes, and you, a, a vehicle drove by that apparently the exhaust had been cut out of. No, oh, that's, no, that wasn't, that was a Lamborghini, by the way. Oh, was, was that? Okay. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. It Which was you see loud. very nice cars and then massive trucks and then just, just loud vehicles everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was, the uh, Atlanta is... It's a, it's a place, man. Mm-hmm. It is di- it is way different. Um, but after that, Dirt and I went and we had lunch and then we were walking back and uh, I saw right out, out in front of Olympic Park of all places, mm-hmm. right where in literally in front of the gates where they have massive Olympic rings, mm-hmm. we saw Devin Allen. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Olympian. Yeah. Former Oregon Duck. Former Philadelphia Eagle, mm-hmm. and we're standing on the on the street corner, and I looked at him, and obviously knowing who he is, and I go, 
hey, you want me to take your picture in front of those rings? And he kind of looked at me like, what the hell is this guy? Because we were across the street. Like, he looked at me like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And then, and then he goes, no, I'm good. I'm like, are you sure? Have you ever seen those before? And he just kind of looked at me and was like, oh, like, I get it. And he goes, he goes, no, I got plenty of them. And I was like, okay. And it was just like a little, hey, man, have a good one. We'll see you later. Dirt and I cross the street. We look over. He's taking a picture of the Olympic rings. Oh, <laughs> wow. Or was he Googling how to file a restraining order against a stranger? Oh, that was the 10th weirdest thing that we saw on that street corner. Because as Dirt and I were waiting for our Uber, uh, it was two blocks away from Dragon Con. Yes, and there were some fantastic pictures that came out of Dragon Con. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Dragon Con isn't, isn't just because they're like, hey, yeah, we got Dragon Con going on. Oh, no, it's a big deal. I didn't know what Dragon Con was, mm-hmm. whether it was like, okay, is this just strictly dragons? Or yeah. what are we doing here? Uh-uh. Uh, the first person that I saw was just carrying a sword down the street. They were dressed completely normal. With a sword. Just with the samurai sword. That tracks. And that could also just be Atlanta any given day. That's kind of what I was thinking is Atlanta's a different place. Or downtown Portland. True. It was not. Yeah. Then I saw a gal who had a samurai sword like poking out of her backpack. And I asked her, I go, is that a real sword? She goes, she goes, oh no, it's an umbrella, but it scares people. And I was like, I can see why it looks like you're carrying a sword around town. Okay. Um, there was you mortal the cosplayers, the, the cosplayers. Oh yeah. yeah. The entire mortal Kombat cast, uh-huh. but it was like on Halloween. So it was like slutty mortal Kombat ah. cast. Yeah. They were all, they, they was, it totally was like, you were looking at a sorority going to a Halloween slutty party. Slutty sub zero. Huh? There you go. It, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they were walking by people like, finish me. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> Uh, it was, there's a lot going on down there. there. And we get picked up by the Uber. Like, do you see anybody in the, uh, on hoverboards? And we're like, no, no. Apparently that's a big that. thing. Like okay. they just go around and like, not the hoverboards that we know, like kids ride around on, like actual, like, oh yeah, no, actual hover hoverboards. Up. Yeah. So Atlanta was busy. Uh-huh. Atlanta was very busy. And in between like Comic-Con and seeing all those people, there's grown ass adults that will walk up to you on the street and just start barking. Like, Dirt was wearing his uh, button-up Hawaiian Ducks shirt. And we're walking down the street, and Georgia fans would just literally lean over and start barking at it. It scared the S out of me. Like, (laughs) the first couple times it happened, like, it's not like, no, no. They get in your face, and I was sitting there looking at Dirt like, are you serious? Take your shirt off, man. This is ridiculous right now because it happened multiple did, times. Did you successfully bully him into it? Oh, no, 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 no. But I, I think that the my biggest takeaway about how cool Atlanta is is around their, all of their sports stadiums. Uh, it's super built up. They have restaurants. They have shops. They It's really cool. How was, how was the tailgating? Don't know. Didn't leave the stadium. Didn't see any didn't, of it. Didn't go out there like we that. drove it when we drove up uh, six hours before kickoff mm-hmm. is when we were driving towards the stadium. It was just goes down. No, it was all red tents. Everybody was there uh, okay. and they they were already setting up, but it was all just red tents, which I mean, you're in Atlanta. It's all going to be Georgia fans yeah. anyway. It would have been a shock to see a green and yellow pop up tent anywhere down there because when you check in that in the light <laughs> on the airplane, 
No. So it was all just Georgia fans, but we didn't go out. We just stayed in the stadium. Stadium was really cool Top inside. Uh, yeah. I, I like Cowboy Stadium more. They kind well, of tried to rip off Cowboy Stadium in a lot of ways. I mean, if you're going to rip Mercedes off a place. But it was uh, outside of the stadiums, just the, the infrastructure around, whether it was the battery up by where the Braves mm. are, um, was very cool. And that had more chains. But then you get down to like around Mercedes-Benz Stadium where they have Phillips Arena where the Hawks play is right next door to that too. And it's in downtown Atlanta. You have sports bars and restaurants and shops and parks stuff. and stuff to do all within walking distance. It's a novel concept. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And it was uh, it was just like you miss out on how cool a game day event can Experience be. Experience of just the game, but the lead up, the game itself, and then after. Yeah. And for the Braves, like, they have a really cool outdoor park. And it's obviously a summer sport, yeah. and you're in Atlanta, so it's a bit different. But they have, like this square where you can get your drinks from a bar and just walk to the next one. Like it's kind of an open container mm. area in this big square where they're selling booze out outside of restaurants. So you don't have to go in and wait in line. If there's big lines, they had little stands that each restaurant had, which it was just like, this is so cool. And could you imagine like a blazers playoff game? where the atmosphere out in front of Moda Center had restaurants and it's sunny and it's springtime. Imagine the entire Veterans Memorial Coliseum being gone and that being replaced with stuff. And here's the thing. It's not a huge area. It's not. You you don't don't need need it. You don't need a lot of room for this. And like the whole, oh, there's just not room for BS. There's plenty of room for it down there. LA Live, (laughs) which we were at for for, uh, Pac-12 Media Days. Yeah. It's not that big of an area. Like when you look at like the the restaurants and all that kind of stuff, it's just vertical. Yeah. You don't, you don't need a ton. No. And that, uh, that was the cool part is that they have it. Uh, in Cobb County, up by where we were staying, where the Braves are. They had it in a uh, downtown area where Mercedes-Benz Stadium is, where Phillips Arena is, and the College Football Hall of Fame, and the Georgia Aquarium, and the Civil Rights Museum. And, mm-hmm. like, it's all just in one area. It was a really cool – it was cool to be in a downtown area that kind of builds that thing up, and it really does show you how much we miss it. And that truest park, by the way, the Braves Stadium? Yes. Badass. Beautiful. It is – it blew me away. I – when I went on Thursday night and I went by myself on mm-hmm. Thursday to the game, just kind of wandered around, made some friends, yeah. just drank, you know, it was really cool. And it reminded me of, they took the, the best parts of Safeco and Oracle mm-hmm. and they just meshed them together. And it makes a really cool stadium. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I was, I was floored by how cool it was and, and how great the seats were. Um, no bad sight lines yeah. really at all in that entire the safe go experience of yeah. literally every seat is a good seat. Every seat was a good seat, whether you were upper deck. And then on Friday, Dirt and I went to the game, mm-hmm. and um, one of my buddies from college was was there with a bunch of his friends, and they had what fourth row seats right behind uh the Marlins dugout. Oh, nice! And so we just went and sat down with them, and that was a really cool experience. Don, I forget like. You forget Don Mattingly still the manager of the Marlins. It's like, <laughs> holy crap. How is this? They're terrible. Mm-hmm. They were horrific. Mm-hmm. And still and hasn't been fired. He still has a job. Yeah. Donnie Baseball, baby. Listen, man. It's, I mean, it's a rite of passage for yeah. New Yorkers to go down to Florida and retire. Yeah. And I did see um, uh, they do like to celebrate in Georgia. They Usually do. you think like it is a like, oh, they're going to act like you've been there before. No. No. 
uh, Georgia fans between the barking and the, I don't know if it, you could hear it on TV. Could you hear it on TV when they would bark? Not really. Like 70,000 mm. people barking. It just it sounded like a roar. It was so loud. And at first we were like, what are they doing? Barking. But it was a lot of roar, 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 roar. adults just barking as loud as they can. I mean, so there's a lot of that. Uh, and then fireworks at the Brave Stadium. Every strikeout, fireworks. Good Lord. And I was there on Thursday where Spencer Strider saw a record. Ah. 16 strikeouts in a game. They like fireworks off for every strikeout. So it was a lot of fireworks. And I didn't know, like, when they when they set it on the scoreboard that it was a, a franchise record, I was like, are you really? You think about the pitching. Maddox, the, the, the Glavin, yeah. Smoltz, Avery. Like, they've had some dominant yeah. pitchers. But none of them were big-time strikeout guys. No. Guy, well, guys don't strike out like they do now uh, anymore. Well, you imagine those guys today. My goodness. The Rockies are terrible. Yes, they are. They are an abomination. Did, uh, did you make a trip to Magic City for no, Giants? No. Did, did, no, it was hard for us to be down there at night because mm. um, I don't think Odyssey would be okay with me taking our remote equipment in there after the game and just being like oh, having my like right, case full right, of like right. recording device. Well, I don't know if Magic City would be okay yeah. with me having my case full of recording <laughs> devices in there. Be like, pay no attention to this big case. Everything's fine here. That's fair. So we weren't able to do it after the game. And then Friday night, um, it was just too far. We had to gone down and back. Mm. You know, it's like a 30-minute drive to get back down to a downtown Atlanta. Yeah. So it was, it, there we, had, we had our issues with it, it getting down there. It happens. But uh, uh, we were very close to it in a it's right there and right next to the stadium. Everything is very centrally lo- yes. uh, located. It's great. It's, the problem is, is that in Atlanta you get traffic. But other than that, it's yeah, yeah, that's bad. But all in all, good trip though, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, outside of the football game yeah. itself, like it was awesome. It was great. Had a had a great time. Saw sixteen strikeouts Thursday. Five home runs by the Braves on on Friday. Oh, that's a, that's a nice back to back set. Yeah. And then uh, saw the brakes beat off the Ducks by the Georgia Bulldogs, which, but I did see Ugga up oh, close you, and personal. You did, huh? and, yeah. you did, and you did take a fantastic picture from the field before the game. Yeah, well, yeah, I have a ton of photos from yeah. the field before the game, but the no, are you talking the, the Noah, Noah Sewell one? Yeah, that, that yeah. one, uh, that was your, your high school photography classes paying off. It really did. It was tremendous. It really did. I, I passed that class for myself and um, one of my best friends, too. He, he could not take a picture to save his life, uh, but high school photography, it really paid off on that day. The framing, the lighting, everything, spectacular. Yeah. Apparently they said that they kept the roof closed because it is better lighting for photos. You're kidding. Yeah. Because of the, the the it's kind of a hmm. It's like it, I don't know. Like it has like a f- I don't know how to describe it. Like almost like it has like a film over the a like a glass yeah. a glass roof. Yeah. And so it just kind of dampens the light a little bit. It did make it very you had like a little cool. smokiness to your yeah, to your photos. Yeah. Quite nice. Yeah, <clears throat> but well, uh, Uga, that poor dog, a poor dog. They have a fan and water being sprayed on it at all times. It was seventy degrees in there in, mm. in the stadium. Like it wasn't hot. That dog looks miserable. <laughs> it looks like that bulldog. It, it, Not living the life. No. To be fair, bulldogs always kind of look miserable. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The poor dog was like, Ugga, yeah, let's go. And it just sat in its crate and was like, I'm not leaving this thing, man. Just sat in there moist. Yeah, just like huff, panting the whole time. It was like, <laughs> what do you do 
when you leave this place because it was hu- uh, it is humid and it's a different kind oh, of. Oh, I mean, there. it's it's a level of gross there that you can't express. Well, that's not true because you can if you're in Florida, which my God, Kyle Whittingham, I think went through three shirts. E- e- boy, yeah, he was sweating. Yeah, and I don't think uh, I think a lot of that had to do with his defense and going up against that Anthony Richardson because yeah. that guy was a he's a monster. he's a mutant. We can just say what it is. He's a mutant. All right. We've got a bunch of college football that we need to get to today. A ton. Uh, your thoughts on the fan text line, 503-250-1080. Um, we've got Ducks, beeves around the country, the Pac-12. We have, uh, boy, what a rough day it's already for LSU and Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. One game into his tenure as the head coach of uh, the LSU Tigers. But where we got to start here. Um, look, it was ugly. Let's start to unpack it all. Some things that were visible from Georgia. I don't know if you could see them on the broadcast or, uh, they brought them up on the broadcast. I got, uh, quite a few notes from Oregon's brutal 49 to three beat down at the hands of the Georgia Bulldogs. That's how we started Danny Dusty on the fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. All right, 503-250-1080. That is a fan text line. Um, Oregon gets absolutely hammered 49-3 at the hands of the Georgia Bulldogs. During the fourth quarter, I went and I was doing a lot, a lot of research. Uh, it's the worst loss since 2017 when they lost 49-7 to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the largest loss since their 
2016 70-21 loss to Washington. Um, Georgia's best win or biggest win against a AP-ranked opponent. Yep, yep. Last time Oregon did not score a touchdown in a non-conference game was uh, the 1996 Cotton Bowl. Infamously, uh, Phil Knight, after that game, went to Mike Bellotti and asked, what do we need to do to take this program to the next level? They did. Um, and then it's <laughs> the first time that uh, they have not scored a touchdown in a regular season non-conference game since 1985, a 63-0 to loss to Nebraska. Um, now... I doubt that it's happened, but it may have. Been, they may have had an Iowa situation where they get some safeties and it makes it look like they scored a touchdown somewhere and they didn't. But I doubt it. Just scrolling through, you just didn't get that feeling. Yeah, it was. A, look, this was a beatdown of of epic proportions, and um, Georgia. We talked about this leading up. Like Oregon's last three recruiting classes have been the best in the school's history, right? That's what Georgia does every year. And you saw it. You saw it on yeah. the field. You saw it on the field on Saturday. And as equally as disappointing as that performance was from Oregon, because they got beat in every phase of the game, uh, offense, defense, special teams, they were outcoached, they were outmanned, and they were outplayed. Like, that is the thing that is probably the most discouraging if you're an Oregon fan is that you knew that Kirby Smart and his staff, it's one of the best in the country. Yes. And they're they they they're coming off a national title. You know that they're a supremely talented roster. But the fact that Oregon, um, they, it felt like there was more for Georgia to prove than Oregon to prove against the defending national champions in, in the way that that game played out on the field. That would, to me, was probably one of the most discouraging parts of, of watching it is that, look, it was every single phase that you could possibly imagine Oregon got beat at. And I think that's what was stark to me was there was really only one unit for Oregon that looked competent. And that was the offensive line outside of that. There was not a unit where I was sitting there going, yeah, no, they're, they're getting things done today. Or, Hey, there's a bright spot or like Bo Nix wasn't on his back. He wasn't running for his no. life. There no. were running lanes. I thought Dillingham schemed really well in the first half. I think after what the things go off the rail, you kind of, but Oregon's defense, my God, for all of the billing and how much better they supposedly looked in camp, I have not seen a team tackle that bad in a very long time. Uh, the tackling was atrocious, and that is – I don't even know where – Where you, do you start with that? You just have to tackle and practice, but nobody does that anymore. You, you're supremely limited to it. Um, there's a lot going on, too, with – look, we're now seeing this with – Tim DeRuiter and with now Dan Lanning. And this is this is where you go to that defense. It's not just being in the right spot because you had a lot of guys that schematically they should have been in the right spot. Yeah. But there's 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 a disconnect between coaching because you have an, an established and very good defensive coordinator in Tim DeRuiter. Mm -hmm. And then to over to this year where you have one of the best coordinators and young bright minds in football in Dan Landing, yeah. who is a linebacker coach by trade. And there is still a disconnect with backs coming out, tight ends now. Darnell Washington in that tight end group, they My are goodness. dudes. But there was, you had several instances and several times where 
you had guys just running free again. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we see now with two different, well, three different coordinators if you want to go back to Andy Avalos. Mm-hmm. But you have this group in an inability to pick up, for whatever reason, backer, uh, tight ends coming out and releasing late or across the field, backers or backs out of the backfield. It's been an issue. And so you sit there and you go, it can't just be coaching when you have two really damn good defensive minds on it and still the same breakdowns happening continually for the Oregon Ducks. It becomes a personnel problem, and don't get me wrong, Georgia provides personnel problems. My God, that tight end group. Darnell Washington, when he got loose in the flats and you saw business decisions being made by DBs, which that was really discouraging. For, for me watching that game because that game was not out of control mm-hmm. when that was the, it was early in the second quarter yeah. when he went on that run yeah. got loose on the right sideline ran over broke broke a weak tackle hurled a little nether guy who yeah. dove at his ankles which number number one six foot seven 280 plus pounds hurdling a guy was terrifying yep but there was there were so many business decisions that were made regularly on that that drive that out that was when I was kind of like oh they don't want to be here well it, it's really hard though because here here's one of the other issues that that Oregon had is that yes you you have these problems with handing off you know tight ends crossers anybody coming across the field or backs out mm. but you also have this issue where Stetson Bennett had eight to 10 seconds oh, to God. throw the football. And that is that is something that when you look at Oregon and the big question mark coming in is how do they generate a pass rush? They had none. N- none. Even and when they that brought five, big, they had troubles. That is a massive concern heading into the season, and it continues to be one in that, look, you can sit there and, and for – depth and not and playing off on third and you know medium mm-hmm. situations and just football awareness stuff that the secondary had there's also the issue of there's only so long these whether it's a linebacker or a defensive back and you have these guys running free they look wide open because it's hard to defend for more than three and a half four seconds and that's what they were forced to do all game long georgia has a very good offensive line that or Oregon has got to yeah. get to the quarterback, and when they did, they were they had an inability to tackle. Oh God! Whether it's Stetson, Stetson Bennett or any running back or receiver, yeah. it was a it was one of the more frustrating performances that you could watch as a as a fan of football. Period. It was the the one where where Bennett in the red zone extended the play, shook off three defenders. Yeah. Again, Stetson Bennett's a good athlete. He's not that level of athlete. Like the the way that he was able to extend that play and shake guys off and make people look really bad was again another like disheartening play in that game and it wasn't even the t- the result of the touchdown it was the lack of focus the lack of tackling mm-hmm. the lack of pressure and the coverage as much as that play was extended if you watch that play from the all twenty two they they I think it was ESPN ran it uh, after the game he was butt naked in the corner of the end zone doing jumping jacks before Stetson found him. And it was like, how do you, how, how, how is the coverage that broken for that long with no pressure? It was that, that play was a, just a backbreaker. Yeah. Well, th- there's a, there were a ton of back backbreakers that happened over the course of a 60 minute football game. And look, it, there were certain scenarios and situations that you go back to and you say, would it have been this bad if, right. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to, the Bo Nix 
experience. Yeah. And uh, let's start getting into the Bonix experience because there was uh, there were a lot of ups and downs and roller coasters. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there was Georgia fans that were coming up to me to say, "Well, we like Bonix. No, we love Bonix." And Auburn fans said, well, be ready. It's going to be up and down. It's going to be a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. I think Oregon fans got an idea of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We continue Uh, your feedback as well. 503-250-1080. Right now, though, Rust with SportsCenter. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. Right, we're talking to Oregon's 49-3 loss to the Georgia Bulldogs um, on the defense. One, one last note on the defense before we move on to the offense. Uh, defense, you cannot play when you're thinking. You have to be reacting. Yeah. There were so many times where you could see Oregon's players were overthinking mm-hmm. situations, and it was almost as if there was like a glitch in the matrix, yeah. and they were kind of hitching back and forth. You could see that. And I'm not sure how apparent it was on the broadcast, but you could see it multiple guys on several plays. Yes. Overthinking, stopping, not trusting themselves. There's one uh, in particular where, you know, there was a play where Stetson Bennett baited Justin Flo to come at him mm-hmm. and then just dumped it right back off to the flat. And it was like those those instances where it's like, the glitch was there. There's a glitch in the matrix and they weren't Trusting sure the how to react. And, and the reactions just weren't there. And that's, 
I think it's to be expected a little bit, obviously, with the new coach, new staff, and everything. But also, this is a mostly veteran team, especially on that side of the ball. Yeah. You would have thought that that would have been a little bit better than it was. And that's, mm. again, overall, new scheme and uh, a lot of inexperience, though. Yeah, a lot of inexperience. That was Justin Flo's third game ever. That's true. <laughs> even, though he is, even though he is in year three. it's. Uh, but you put it all together, and it was... It, it was disastrous. This is the worst before, case scenario. Before we get on the offense, yeah. what was a bigger disappointment overall unit-wise? Offense or defense? Defense. Okay. I just want to make sure as far as, even even though I know the measuring stick's different mm-hmm. because your expectations going in are X mm-hmm. or Y, the defense was, I, I was shocked at how bad it was. I, it was. There was, and look, I was shocked at how crisp and how multiple Georgia was. Yes. The, and, the, there, there were questions around the outside for Georgia. I do not have those questions anymore. Oh, I they were they're better than you think is all you heard mm-hmm. heading into this and you saw why that tight end room is a beast. It's an animal. I don't know who has the dudes to defend them. Uh, maybe it's Alabama. Oh, and they went to that it. three that but three tight end set and it was a nightmare. Their running backs are by committee mm-hmm. and McIntosh is going to be an issue for a lot of teams because of the way that Monken's going to use him. Now, like Lad McConkey is the most. <laughs> frustrating person ever because he just looks like a normal average white dude. He is so twitchy though. And he is so damn smart. Five, six buck 70. And their <laughs> athletes on, on the outside, it, they're never ending. Yeah. Like they just keep bringing them in dude after dude. And they are all twitchy can run, jump long, lean. Uh, Georgia's legit, legit, yeah. legit. And that's why I'm really interested to see how much was, Georgia's offensive line being that good mm-hmm. and how much is Oregon will have that concern of generating a pass rush all season long. Yep. I think it, I think it may be on the ladder of the, the tough times generating a pass rush all season long uh, because of how few and far between it was that we saw the defensive line making impact, but offensively I really like Kenny Dillingham's system. Let, I let, thought, let's throw a positive here. Yes. I thought he I, I thought the rhythm that he called plays with, the flow of the game, I thought it, it was actually really good. First script was great. Well, I thought it was good throughout the entire game yeah. because there were points where you're like, what what are you supposed to do here? Mm-hmm. What do you like you're getting absolutely hammered? Oregon picked up 21 first downs. Mm-hmm. They had I mean, and they, they had momentum in multiple nothing, early drives. There was nothing that blew your hair back no. where you're like, wow, this is incredible. Um, but they were still able to move the ball down the field. It was decision making. Mm-hmm. And the, you had Bo Nix playing that game under the mantra uh, for a lot of it. You can't go broke taking a profit where you're just taking the little things mm-hmm. everywhere all over the field. But then he would go broke yeah. and it backfired tremendously. Yeah. It was not just Bo Nix, though, because you had the two interceptions are bad. He had four throws in that game where you looked at them and you said, that is a bad, that is unequivocally bad, bad a bad proce- throw. Not even two, bad throw, bad process. Two of them were his interceptions, obviously, where you go take the one in the deep shot downfield and you, your receiver didn't have separation. It didn't look like he was going to have separation. Also, what an incredible pick. And you threw you threw that ball up, and you didn't throw it more towards the sideline. You threw it more towards the numbers. That's not good. And you had a back out of the backfield that was, was standing there. by himself, yeah. right? 
So you have that one. And then he comes back in the next drive. It was, oh boy, here we go, right? They're moving the ball down Mm -hmm. the field. He is checking down to the back. He is taking what the defense is giving him. And Oregon's playmakers were actually, they were actually getting yards. Getting some yak, too. And then he stares down the, the, I, that interception was the, the double brutal. the double move that didn't really have a double move that was zone coverage that, that safety drove in on from ten yards out like he he stared down Bo Nix and was like you're really gonna you're gonna oh you're gonna throw this oh you're really gonna throw this and he just broke on it and housed it. I, mean, I mean cover seven will get yeah. you and I don't know how, how he didn't see the safety buzzing but he had no idea where the safety was and that was a that's as bad as they get yeah. right. And he knows that. I mean, but this is part of the roller coaster. It was so those two throws, and then you had the one where he almost killed Chase Coda, um, throwing him throwing him to the middle of the field. Yes, that that was a oh no, oh no, and you could see it. And Coda's still trying to make a play on the ball. And shout um, out to Coda because he did go for that thing, knowing he was going to get killed. And then there was the one where the linebacker, you know, tipped and and dropped it, yeah. or didn't get an interception. But those four throws. And two of them are are the ones where you go, oh, you, you just you cannot have that at this time. And they were You're unf- moving the ball very well. And they were unforced. And it wasn't yeah. like he was. Here's where you give some credit. Oregon's offensive line did not have Bo Nix running around. No. They held up. Honestly, he didn't get sacked. You know who he didn't hear? You know whose name we didn't hear all game? Nolan Smith. Oh, Nolan Smith absolutely leveled. Oh, who oh, was no, it? No, that was out in the flats. Yes, yeah, that he was absolutely. But I mean, as far as a pass rusher, leveled him. We did not. He, that that is what yeah. he does. He is a nightmare off the edge. You didn't hear his name. Mm-hmm. Jalen Carter did throw Oregon's right tackle like a rag doll, and it's going to be on his NFL clip. Threw because, a lot of people <laughs> like a rag doll, but they weren't in Oregon's backfield the no. entire game. The Oregon offensive line held up. So Bo Nix making these bad decisions while having time. Is makes it even worse. And this is kind of, I mean, this was the the, the Bonix experience that you that you heard about. Mm-hmm. I thought when he was in rhythm, though, ding, the ding, offense ding, did look three really seconds or less. The offense did look really good mm-hmm. in it for for stretches. And I think that the play calling, I, I do not think that anybody separated themselves. They played so many skill position players. I counted 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, bat running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers that that got in the game. I, nobody really separated themselves, no. and I, I think a lot of that has to do with you're not getting separation against that Georgia sure. team. But this was also my big thing with with Oregon in the past is that a lot of the quarterbacks have gotten a ton of heat. Anthony Brown, in particular, last year, you you don't get separation, you're not going to get a deep no. ball. And that is that that is a big problem and that has been a problem against everybody. Georgia again is a different animal. They are yes. they that team is so damn good and they might be better than they were last year and they won a national title That's last terrifying. year. Terrifying. Because their offense is better. Mm-hmm. Their offense is better. Their defense it did not take a step back. No. And this is what what great teams do. With all of this said about Bo Nix and and He's catching a, a lot of heat for his performance because of those four throws in particular, two of them being the back-breaking picks. But you had Irving, the back out of the backfield on third down. Not get his head around. Not get his head around. And that's not on Bo Nix no. because he threw that ball well, perfectly. Right where it needed to be. Back shoulder him. Yep. Hit it quick. Right when the backer turns his eyes. Keep you the put drive it on going. Him. Keep going downfield. And you had your opportunities mm-hmm. there. I thought that 
the very first drive of the game where Aumave Laulu jumps off sides on third down and three, mm-hmm. and you back up to third down and eight, they end up converting. Mm-hmm. They end up converting and moving the change. Like, that was one of the ones where you're like, okay, you know, play call matches the the read quick, decisive, getting the ball out quickly. Bonix was good at that. It is the critical error. Yep. The critical error, and that's the one that Georgia thrives on, and it they were it, content to do it that. Manhandled momentum. Yeah, they they were content to sit there defensively. They didn't bring heavy pressure. They weren't running guys off the edge. They weren't yeah. going crazy with exotic blitz packages. They were. They basically said, "Beat us." Yeah, and knowing full well that they couldn't with anything explosive at the top. What offensively, even not maybe not more than Knicks, but what I think what I was disappointed in was the lack of playmakers. Whether it was McGee or Dollar, there's, there's nobody. Yeah, nobody them. broke. Nobody broke one. No, not, not even like a not a nope. to the house a twenty yarder. Like you just didn't get a big bang play. And on again, credit to Georgia, but you're still you have the athletes to get at least one. It was the biggest, the two biggest question marks heading into this year for Oregon. Can they generate the pass rush? Mm-hmm. And do they have the explosive playmaker? Neither of those things you showed in, up at all. You head into week two with no clearer idea than you had in week one. In fact, it's actually more foggy than it was heading into week one. And that that's what happens in your 49 to three loss like that. And that is the, the tape brutal. is brutal. I mean, that's that's yeah. the reality is, is again, I, I hate to belabor the point. The only the only unit who can come out of this week feeling OK by themselves is the offensive line. Everybody yeah. else is looking at the tape going. Yeah, that's not great, is it? <clears throat> no. So that was a it, it was as bad as it can go mm-hmm. from the start. If you're Dan Lanning in Oregon uh out of the gates against uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. But now you got Eastern Washington where maybe you can get some get right. You would hope, but if you're not getting right, then you really start the questions, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think that anybody's saying like this texture at 503-250-1080, we'll get to your text next that, you know, landing's the new Jimmy Lake, get used to it, Oregon fans. You didn't lose to Montana. No. <laughs> you lost to Georgia, and I don't – you know what I came out of that game with? You lost 49-3. to three. But you know, you know who I don't have questions about right now? The coaching staff. I, I don't – I didn't think schematically on either side of the ball that they did bad. No. I, I don't think it was – I don't think that them not tackling was inherently a coaching problem. Yeah. Now, if that lingers all season, then I start to wonder. It was as bad as the as the performance can get when you got on the field. And that's where it comes down to Jimmy's and Joe's. And it was Georgia's got the dudes. They look too small for the level. moment. And that's and that's and that's a bummer to say. And, and yeah, you're right. There is no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Oregon was beat in every single phase of that game. Coaching. Man to man, mano a mano, execution. You name execution, it. Execution, the offense, defense, special teams, every single phase. Yeah. They lost every single phase of that game, and that's how you get to forty nine to three. That that is exactly how you get to that point, and that that is the alarming part, and that is the worry. And that's the thing is normally in a, in a even in a bad loss you can find something. This is one of those games where you really yep. you really can't. And the, again, you go down this road too, like. You're not going to play a team as good as Georgia again. No, because you sure as hell aren't going to the playoff anymore. Do you? If no. They, if, no. <laughs> no. Was, they ran the table. Nothing. If they go eleven and one or twelve uh, and one, 
and they go with through, some style points. They go through and they win every single game. That is a taste that I don't know if they uh, unless there are some wholesale changes. And like, you know, it, it, they make the quarterback change. I don't think. No, no, no. I don't think that's fixing it because there obviously is a reason why Ty Thompson didn't play last year and he didn't play this year. And even after the game, Dan Lanning said Bonix is our guy and he is our quarterback. Doubling down after that performance kind of lets you know. Yeah, it was. And so I, I go unless there's wholesale changes somewhere and something pops, then it the 49 to three is the scoreboard that you can point just, to and you can lingers. say, no, yeah, yeah, it wasn't that close. 503-250-1080. That's a fan text line. Uh, Danny and Dusty on the fan. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. All right, we'll be joined at the top of the hour by Dave Bar 2, College Football Matrix. He's going to join us. Uh, talk about ducks, beeves, and everything um, around the world of college football. Uh, your text, though, on Oregon, 503-250-1080. Um... This text that says, for the, quote, we're building a physical program, a bill of goods that we've been sold for the last four years, they continually get punked across the board when they play good teams, except for Ohio State last year. Um, that text coming in. Um, physicality, man, that was, and to that texture's point, exception of Ohio State, the two most physical teams on their schedule last year outside of Ohio State were Stanford and Utah. Mm-hmm. And they lost both those games. Um, you know, the Stanford game was a little bit of a different a weird, story, weird, but yeah. uh, they got manhandled by Utah. They got manhandled by Georgia. And I, I think that, that you look at that, and that is where you go to what you were saying about landing, and you kind of get like the incomplete there because 
you can't just sit there and and say, hey, guys, we're going to be physical all of a sudden. Yeah. You got to get buy-in from those guys, and that is part coaching, but it takes time. And that would be, if you are looking for anything positive coming out of it, it would be a wake-up call to that. A bare and minimum. just that, yeah. that, hey, you're not Georgia. You're not anywhere close to being You don't Georgia. get to walk on the field and, and pretend that you've earned anything because that was – I, I believe that they would compete physically. I, I mean, there's a reason why I, I took Oregon to cover. It wasn't because I thought that they were, you know, going to pull some out of their sleeves offensively. It was because yeah. I thought defensively, physically, mm-hmm. they were going to hang because that's all we have been told is that this is the year, the recruiting, and it's the stacking of the roster, that this is what got them to this point, that this is when it was all supposed to come together. And I bought into it and that, that bill of goods is not looking good right now. Uh, another text says, where are all the taller receivers I heard about? Throwing a bad deep ball to a running back isn't what I was expecting. Uh, the, hey, there were some rotation surprises. Um, how, many, how many skill players did you say you got in? 14. There's a lot. But Jordan James leading the team in carries wasn't was something that we were expecting. Not on the bingo board? Uh, no. Marquis Irving, which uh, the transfer out of Minnesota, mm-hmm. him getting the start was the surprise because... Byron Cardwell, it appeared, would be that guy, right? And Cardwell coming in third after Irving, after no no Whittington, that was a little bit of a surprise. And then Sean Dollars obviously being the fourth guy in, and none of those guys were the guys who got the most carries. It was um, Jordan James. That was a little bit surprising. Your receiver rotation was, was what we expected. Yeah. But to that point, and this is what I was saying earlier, is that you were hoping that somebody would pop. And nobody looked like they were separating themselves um, against that Georgia team, which is e- a lot easier said than done. Um, but it wasn't like, who's the go-to guy? I have no earthly idea who it is outside of Terrence Ferguson getting checked down. Yeah, and that was the thing is, no, again, I didn't expect anybody to really show out. I guess Keely Ringo. By the way, was it weird to not have his name called basically the entire game? Did they just not look at him the entire game? Yeah, and so they were just throwing at Malachi Starks, who's pretty damn good. Yeah, he also looks like an NFL ready core. So, uh, yeah, again, I didn't expect anybody on the outside to really test Ringo. Mm -hmm. That's not what I expected. But I did expect them to at least break some one-on-ones against the linebackers or against the safeties. But it turns out Georgia also has two very good safeties. And, uh, yeah, that's – I, I think, again, coming out of this weekend, the two biggest questions I have is, because I, I kind of know who Bo, Bo Nix is. Defensively, is that who you are? Mm-hmm. Or is that Georgia? Or the other one is, who's who's your game breaker? Who's your playmaker? Because you've got to have one. And for it to come out of that game, and even late, did not have, like, one play, yeah. is kind of weird. It, it really was. Explosives were non-existent. And that that is credit to Georgia. They but never relented. Georgia's identity, and that's yep. what they do to everyone, mm-hmm. um, is they they put the clamps down on the explosive plays. That is a very good team. Mm-hmm. And that was a very bad Oregon performance. You get those two things put together and you get forty nine to six or forty nine to three. The question I asked is last year beating Ohio State was one of the best wins in Fran- in, in school history. Yeah. Is this the worst loss in school history? Uh, no, 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 okay. no, no, not the worst loss in school history. I'm just wondering, like the pendulum swing, but you know, as far as how the seasons start, that's just no. Uh, the worst loss that they've had in quite some time is the seventy to twenty-one beatdown that Washington gave them. 
Oh yeah, and it's rival too. That one, that one, at home, yeah, that one makes it worse. In the streak, it was that was all bad. Yeah, no, no. That makes um, sense. All right, let's talk to Dave Bartu, College Football Matrix. Uh, what do the analytics say? Because uh, we've spent a lot of time on on Oregon because that was the game here on the fan, and it was number th- uh, three team in the country taking on number eleven, and it wasn't even close. Uh, we've got a ton that we need to get to because the Beavs absolutely steamrolled Boise State. Um, and their numbers were through the roof efficiency-wise. Uh, we'll talk to the Matrix himself, Dave Bartu next. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.